Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's football show of Tap Out from Touchdowns. As always, it's your guy, Billy Rye, back at it again, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thanks for making me part of your day presented by Anchor Podcasts. Remember, wherever you get your podcasts, give me a like and subscribe and leave a review to help others find the show. However, if you want to find the show on social media, there's three ways you can do it. On Twitter, search for at Tap Out the TVs. Give me a follow. On Facebook, search simply for at Tap Out the Touchdowns. And the email to the show, Tap Out the Touchdowns at gmail.com. This week's opening bell is going to be another somber one. Uh, it's going to be another, I guess let's call it, let's get personal uh, here again. It's been a rough, rough going for me the last few days, and I don't really have much more of an outlet than this, uh, so I hope you'll bear with me if you don't want to hear the sappiness that's about to come, uh, or the, the, the emotion come uh, from what's coming next, then feel free to fast forward until uh, the next segment where we're going to get back into some fantasy football talk, but for right now, uh, the opening bell is going to be a little, a little more somber this week. Um, you know, without getting whole lot into it sometimes you got some someone close to you that seems completely healthy and, and everything is is uh is going fine nothing seems to be wrong maybe some minor ailments here and there just a a, a result of getting older uh, sometimes those those situations turn out to be a little more serious that happened to me this week uh cousin very close to me, was diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer. I'm, I'm not going to put this cousin on blast and put their name out there, but someone very close to me, uh, when I was going through some some rough times, some trials and tribulations of my own, this, this cousin of mine helped me get through it more than I think they know. Uh, I don't believe my cousin listens to this show, so I'm not sure if they'll ever hear it. But different things hit people in different ways. And uh, news like this never resonates with people in a, in a good way. It never, you never hear about somebody being sick and, oh, that's awesome. So what's next? You know, um, my cousin means a lot to a lot of different people. And not that they're going to be gone tomorrow, but it's one of those things that, that cancer is a son of a bitch. Uh, and it's, it's astounding to me that in this day and age, when you can come up with a vaccine for, for a pandemic in less than a year, but we're still finding that we cannot, we cannot find cures. Uh, for the cancers that have been plaguing people in this country for for decades, if not longer. My cousin has been a strong person uh, as long as I've, I've known them. Uh, they've been successful. They've been independent. And throughout this process, they've, they've handled it with grace, with strength that I'm not sure I would be able to do. 
But as I said a minute ago, uh, this this news has hit a lot of people very close to them and very close to me uh, in our in our own ways. And it's unfortunately something that we're not the first people to deal with and we won't be the last. Uh, but it it brings a, it brings to a point that you know you hear the 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 cliche that tomorrow isn't promised and you know live for today and you know insert motivational quip about making the most of every day here um and and you know even even more so than that telling the people who you care about that you care about them and normalizing telling your friends that you love them and I think that now more than ever, that resonates with me on so much deeper of a level than I think I ever could have imagined. I mean, we all deal with death. Uh, I've been, talked about it on my show in previous episodes in the past about my father passing away 13 years ago plus. Um, you know, we've, we've, all, we've all had losses. But that doesn't make the next loss any easier. And so I'm I'm here in the opening bell this week to sort of remind everyone that that listens, the all ten to twelve of you that listen to my show, uh, that it's important to tell the people you care about that you care about them. I'm sure that you think that they know, but as the saying goes, tomorrow is not promised. And I think the more that we tell people that we truly care about them and that we love them, you know, when's the last time somebody told you that they loved you, that it made you angry or that it made you upset? There might be people walking around that don't know how much you truly care about them and value their relationship with you. Uh, I've talked to a very close friend of mine recently that, you know, sometimes it's not fair to tell someone how much you care about them because of maybe the situation that they're in. Uh, maybe it's it's not necessarily the right time to do it. Uh, but I think underneath it all, I think we all sort of have an understanding of, of who we keep in our circles and who we care about and who cares about us. But I don't think that you, especially after what my family has had to, to hear about this week, that I don't think it's, I, maybe I've sort of changed my mind, that I don't think it's necessarily unfair to tell someone that you care about them, that in fact you care about them. Whether it's, again, Maybe they're in a situation that uh, doesn't warrant you confessing your feelings or expressing your feelings to them, or uh, maybe they've just gone through some trauma or you've just gone through some trauma, and all of a sudden now you you know you want to tell them because you're in that emotional state how much you care about them, and you know at one time I would have thought that might not have been fair. But I think now more than ever, after what's transpired over the past week for me personally, I don't think there's ever a bad time to tell someone 
how much you value them being in your life. That, hey, I know that there's not much more to say than I love you. But I think I want to tell you every day. Because I never want you to forget in case something happens to you tomorrow or something happens to me tomorrow. That I never want you to forget what it sounds like for me to tell you that I love you. And I think uh, with the opening bell this week, the the message that I want to convey is that, once again, we, we aren't promised tomorrow. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what sickness or what health is is coming to us. And so knowing how fragile or how <laughs> unknown uh, in front of us that this this life holds, one thing's for sure, and that and and that's that love lasts forever. And so don't be afraid to tell the people that you care about on a regular basis that you care about them, that you love them, that their presence in your life means something. Because you never know when that day will come that you will no longer get to do that for that person. So uh, I told you it was going to be a little somber of an opening bell this week. Uh, I was going to get a little personal. I probably rambled a little bit. Uh, I mean, this has gone on for over 10 minutes now. Uh, so I appreciate you if, if this is something that maybe you needed to hear. Uh, maybe you wanted to hear. Uh, whatever the case is, I appreciate you uh, putting up with the sappy bully rye uh, here in the opening bell this week. Uh, not really a good way to transition. Uh, so we're going to take a short break and we're going to, we're going to keep being sappy. Uh, and it has nothing to do with what the opening bell, it has to do with the fact that, oh, fantasy football and football in general has not treated me well this year. So add it to the list of bully rye of what we can be (laughs) sad about and in our feelings about. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, We'll be right back with some fantasy football talk right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. It's a little more upbeat for you uh, for the rest of the show here. Uh, we're going to get right into bullies, uh, breakouts, and busts from Week 9 of the NFL. Uh, again, I mentioned... No easy way to transition from the opening bell to the next segment. So, bullies, breakouts, and busts from week nine. Uh, There's some new names on here that I'm not sure if I've touched on yet this season. But we'll get right into it with bullies, breakouts from week nine in the fantasy season. Starting off with a quarterback that will not be playing this week, or at least unless something unforeseen happens, he will be not be, at least not be starting uh, for his team that he broke out with last week. And that's quarterback uh, for the New York Jets, Josh. Johnson, 31.48 fantasy points, 317 passing yards, and three touchdowns. 
This was the second straight week with a new Jets quarterback on the breakout list. If you remember, Mike White was my breakout quarterback last week, and this week he goes to Josh Johnson. Came in for an injured Mike White uh, and lit up the scoreboard and their Week 9 loss on Thursday night football to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, White, uh, Mike White will be back this week uh, here in Week 10. Um, but it looks like the Jets have an offense as long as their backup quarterback is in the game. Josh Johnson, 31.48 fantasy points last week. My breakout quarterback in Week 9. Uh, my breakout running back in Week 9 should give him as no surprise. The leading scorer amongst running backs last week, James Conner of the Arizona Cardinals, 40.3 fantasy points and three touchdowns. Uh, banged up Chase Edmonds uh, for the Arizona Cardinals means added opportunities for James Conner as the former Steeler had his best day as a Cardinal with 173 total yards and three total touchdowns in the win over San Francisco in Week 9, a game that also saw the absence of Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins for the Cardinals, and they were still able to, to get a big win over the 49ers, uh, thanks in part to James Conner with his 40 fantasy points. James Conner, my breakout running back in week nine. Breakout wide receiver. We're going to go back to the New York Jets and talk about Elijah Moore. 27.4 fantasy points, seven receptions, 84 yards, and two touchdowns. That makes three straight games for Elijah Moore in double-digit fantasy points. And he had his best day as a pro and grabbed his first two scores on the season and the first two touchdowns of his NFL career. Uh, much like fellow Jet Michael Carter, uh, Moore has started to break out with backup quarterbacks in the role uh, running the offense for the New York Jets. Elijah Moore, your breakout wide receiver in Week 9. Last but not least, I picked this guy up, started him on a fantasy team, and he carried me to victory. Tight end Pat Fryermuth from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Five receptions, 43 yards, two touchdowns, 21.3 fantasy points for the rookie. Uh, three straight double-digit games for Pat Fryermuth. Uh, now found the end zone in two straight games and has honestly established himself as a go-to target for Big Ben Roethlisberger. 20 targets over the past three games. Pat Fryermuth, a tight end that you should be looking at uh, in my breakout here in Week 9. So again, Bullies breakouts in Week 9, Josh Johnson, James Conner, Elijah Moore, and Pat Fryermuth. Week 9 busts might come with some surprising names, maybe not. Uh, let's start off here at quarterback, the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, Joe Burrow. <laughs> this week, after three straight games uh, with uh, three touchdowns apiece, uh, Joe Burrow had his worst fantasy game of the season against the Cleveland Browns in week nine. 7.38 fantasy points, 282 yards, no touchdowns and two interceptions. It was the only game this year that he has not scored a touchdown in his first fantasy game under 10 points, which is why Joe Burrow was my bust quarterback in week nine. Uh, my week nine bust at running back should come as no surprise. It goes to Green Bay Packers running back Aaron Jones. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers sidelined in this game with COVID, you would expect a heavy dose of Aaron Jones against a beat-up and bad Kansas City Chiefs defense. However, his 12 carries were his fourth fewest on the season. His two passing targets matched his fewest 
passing targets on the season for 5.3 fantasy points. That's 53 rushing yards on 12 carries and no receptions for the star running back from the Packers, Aaron Jones, my running back bust in week nine. Uh, my wide receiver bust in week nine. This one shouldn't come as a surprise, but to me, I was a little surprised by it with the, with all of the, the details surrounding him. And that's wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns, Jarvis Landry. Uh, he had three receptions, 11 yards, no scores for a 4.1 fantasy point outing. Now, the reason why I'm surprised, uh, there's no more Odell Beckham Jr. in Cleveland. He is out. And the Browns put up 41 points on the Bengals in Week 9. The bad news is that Jarvis Landry didn't have much to do to contribute to that. Uh, granted, he hasn't done much uh, when, he was, when he's been on the field this year. He did miss a few games. Uh, but when he's on the field, he hasn't done much. But in a game where you see Cleveland put up 41 points, no more worried about Odell Beckham Jr. And is he going to get targets? What's he going to do for the offense? Uh, the breakout did not come for Jarvis Landry here in week nine. And that's why he's my bust at wide receiver in week nine. Uh, last but not least, this is a name that I've talked about many times on this show. My tight end bust for week nine goes to Mark Andrews. Uh, five receptions, 44 yards. Now, he did wind up with a bunch of targets, but he didn't turn it into much. 9.4 fantasy points, tying for third in receptions in week nine for the for the Ravens. It looks like ja Lamar Jackson is finally getting wide receivers involved in this offense. Baltimore put up 34 points in an overtime win over the Vikings, but it was Hollywood Brown who shined in the passing game. Uh, the stellar season for Mark Andrews has now seen back-to-back -back fantasy games under 10 points. His first such stretch this season, which is why Mark Andrews was my bust at tight end in Week 9. So to recap, uh, busts in Week 9 go to Joe Burrow, uh, Jarvis Landry, Aaron Jones, and Mark Andrews. Coming up next, we're going to go to buys and sells. Last week was horrid for me. We'll get into it. Stick around. We'll be right back. Bully Rye here for Tap House and Touchdowns. Coming up on Monday's show, PJ Steven and I are going to review a classic WCW pay-per-view emanating from Pensacola, Florida and WCW Battle Bowl 1993, where 16 tag teams are chosen at random, where the winners of each team face off in a main event battle royal for the Battle Bowl ring, featuring names such as Cactus, Jack, Vader, Johnny B. Bad, the Nasty Boys, Brian Knobs, Jerry Sags, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, a young Lord Steven Regal, Sting, Davy Boy Smith, Road Warrior Hawk, and many more. Tap outs and touchdowns this coming Monday featuring WCW Battle Bowl. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Hope you enjoyed uh, Bully's Breakouts and Busts for this week. We're going to get into Bully's Buys and Sells for Week 10 in the fantasy season. Now, <laughs> if you have been paying attention to the show, my buys and sells have been horrendous for the season. For the season, 26-37-1. I mentioned a friend of mine, 
that I was going to call her out on the show. Uh, so despite my terrible, horrid record uh, in my buys and sells, including a two and six showing last week, my good friend Jennifer Gortney, or as she liked to say, pronounced Courtney with a G, uh, Jennifer Gortney has been uh, has has been asking me for some advice week to week, and I'm I'm happy to say uh, that she's got herself a a decent squad, and I've I feel like I've been steering her in the right direction. She's been thanking me for for assisting her from time to time. Uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to pull up her her roster now. Um, I don't want to give away her entire roster, but I know. Uh, it includes guys like Leonard Fournette, both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, um, some some decent receivers. But she's been uh, she's been asking some advice for me, and despite my horrendous showing and buys and sells on this show, uh, I've been helping out Jennifer Gortney, and she has been extremely satisfied with the advice I've given her. Uh, which leads me to say that my buys and sells may be a little risky. Uh, but if you want someone, if you want some advice about a player on your roster, start and sit. You can do like Jennifer and reach out to me, but you don't have to reach out to me via my, my personal information. Make sure you find me on social media so that you can ask for my advice and I'll feature it on the show or I'll direct message you back. So just a quick run through again. I mentioned at the top of the show as I do every show. On Twitter, find me at Tapouts and TDs. Facebook, Tapouts and Touchdowns, and the email to the show, Tapouts and Touchdowns at gmail.com. Because despite, once again, my buys and sells being absolutely horrendous, if you've been following the advice of my buys and sells, you've been having as bad of a fantasy season as I've had. So what better way than just to ask me specific players and about specific players and specific starts and sits uh, that I can help you, like I've helped my friend Jennifer and hopefully after Jennifer hears this on this show, that she'll continue to listen to my show every week to get her last-minute fantasy advice before Thursday night football. And maybe she won't forget about what day of the week it is going forward. Jennifer, thanks for listening. And thank you for asking me for advice because it makes me feel a little more useful when it comes to fantasy football advice. But that doesn't mean I'm going to quit. I'm going to try to get this record back to at least 500 so I don't feel like a total moron when it comes to fantasy football, which leads us right into this week's buys. I've got some pretty unique names on here that you're probably going to say, hey, what the what the hell are you talking about? But let's just get into it rather than, than speculate. My quarterback buy this week is a guy that we haven't talked about yet this year, P.J. Walker. Now, Sam Darnold is going to miss a few weeks with uh, with a shoulder injury, I believe. And the former XFL star uh, quarterback, P.J. Walker, comes in to replace him. He is only projected 14.3 fantasy points, uh, partially because he's got a really tough matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, currently ranked fourth uh, against quarterbacks in fantasy. But I feel like 14 points is a pretty low bar uh, for him to be able to overcome. Now, granted, you're probably starting out somebody else other than P.J. Walker. But if you're in dire straits and you need a quarterback in an emergency fashion, you can do worse than P.J. Walker this week. 14 point, uh, 14 point 
uh, baseline to go off of. I, I've got a feeling that PJ with PJ Walker's physical ability uh, combined with the return of Christian McCaffrey from last week, I could see Walker getting 20 plus this week, which is why I'm buying PJ Walker in week 10. Uh, my running back buy also has a pretty tough matchup. Uh, but I, I briefly mentioned him when I was going over my wide receiver breakout from last week. And that goes to New York Jets running back Michael Carter. Projected 14 points, uh, 14.6 fantasy points this week. Uh, he's, again, once again, another player on the buy list uh, with a tough matchup. Taking on the Buffalo Bills, ranked the number one defense against opposing running backs in fantasy. But the last time Mike White started a game and played the entire game, Carter scored 32 points. Uh, he has double-digit fantasy points in all of his games played this year, with the exception of three. And he scored touchdowns in three of his last five games. Uh, once again, projected 14, almost 15 points. I like Carter for 20-plus this week in a tough matchup against the Bills, who did just lose to Jacksonville. Uh, imagine if Jacksonville actually had an offense, actually had some some... <laughs> consistency on that offense. Imagine what Jacksonville may have done to Buffalo last week instead of a, like a close nine to six win uh, that they had. Uh, so again, I'm buying Michael Carter this week. Wide receiver buy goes this week. Again, another player that I've already mentioned on the show this week, Hollywood Brown projected 16.2. Now this is a pretty high floor that they're expecting out of Hollywood Brown. Only two games this season, under 10 points on the season. He's reemerged as the go-to target in this Ravens offense, especially with all the injuries to running back and all the attention being paid to Mark Andrews. On the season, he has six touchdowns and gets a Dolphins defense, allowing the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. I can see him finding the end zone on Thursday night football this week, uh, especially because I'm not sure the condition of Tua Tungavailoa not sure if Miami's going to be able to keep the ball on the field, which means more opportunities for Hollywood Brown, which is why I'm buying Hollywood Brown this week. My tight end buy this week uh, goes to a guy that I mentioned last week as one of my breakout tight ends, and that's tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Dan Arnold. I also just mentioned Jacksonville's win uh, against the Bills this past week. Uh, the trade of Dan Arnold from the Panthers to the Jacksonville Jaguars seems now to be mutually beneficial as Arnold has emerged as a top target for Trevor Lawrence in this Jacksonville offense. Now, they draw Colts defense this week, allowing the sixth most fantasy points to tight ends this season, and it may be the week that Dan Arnold finally finds pay dirt. He's something he has yet to do in 2021, and that's get into the end zone. Uh, projected 10.6 points. I'm, I'm positive that he hits that 10.6 points. May find the end zone to give you a nice little day, Again, there's plenty of tight ends out there, but Dan Arnold is the tight end that I'm buying in on this week. So to recap my buys for week 10, go to quarterback P.J. Walker, running back Michael Carter, wide receiver Hollywood Brown, and tight end Dan Arnold. Uh, my bully sells going into week 10 without missing a beat. First off at quarterback, and this is, again, it's going to be sort of moronic because if you have this guy on your roster, there's no way you're benching him, and that's quarterback Patrick Mahomes, currently projected 25 points going into week 10. Now, the reason I'm selling Patrick Mahomes this week, three straight games under 20 fantasy points, and now he's against the division rival Raiders, 
currently ranked eighth against opposing quarterbacks. In years in recent years, the Chiefs have struggled with Vegas, and this isn't the same Kansas City that we've been accustomed to seeing. I don't like him hitting this 25-point projection this week. Again, if you've got Patrick Mahomes on your roster, there's no way you're not starting him, uh, but just temper your expectations because the Raiders' defense has come to play quite a few times this season. They, I believe they've beaten Kansas City at least once every year going back the last two to three years. Uh, I don't like Patrick Mahomes this week. Again, uh, I mentioned in beginning of this of this segment, uh, I mentioned Jennifer. She's got Patrick Mahomes on her roster. She's also got Jalen Hurts on her roster, drawing a, t- a tough matchup for the Eagles. I told her, listen, the upside is there with Patrick Mahomes. You don't bench Patrick Mahomes for Jalen Hurts just because Mahomes has had three bad games. Now, that doesn't mean all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes is going to have a 30-point game or even hit his projection. But unfortunately, it's just the way that it's at. Where you drafted him, the production he's been able to put on the field in the past, you have to start him. But unless you can trade him away and get some value for him, or you have someone like, I don't know, a Dak Prescott, a Tom Brady also on your roster, uh, Patrick Mahomes is a must-start despite uh, not being able to make projections is why I'm selling him this week. Going into my running back sell is going to be another name that's probably pretty moronic when you think about it, especially because this guy is a solid top five running back in the NFL and a top five running back in fantasy. And that goes to Minnesota Vikings running back Dalvin Cook projected at 19.4 points this week. Uh, Despite a a stellar matchup against the Chargers uh, as well, allowing the eighth most fantasy points to running back. There's been some stuff that happened uh, earlier this week. Some domestic violence rumors uh, surfaced. Despite some conflicting stories, there was one where his his ex-girlfriend broke into his house and held him at gunpoint. He defended himself, and, uh, and now she's suing him for the domestic violence. Uh, there's also, uh, a, a, I guess, a text thread going around where he apologized for what he did. If he's got to go to jail, he'll do it. And there was pictures of her bruised face. Nevertheless, uh, not a fun, not a good story coming out about Dalvin Cook. And and because of the conflicting stories, uh, there's no signs of a looming suspension for Dalvin Cook. I'm still curious to see if the distraction uh, isn't enough uh, to hinder his on-the-field performance here in Week 10. Uh, if maybe he decides to step away from the team uh, to to face these rumors, in which case Alexander Madison takes over, that would obviously you know strengthen my case as to why I sold on Dalvin Cook this week. Uh, but I don't know. I just I'm uneasy. I've, I've got him rostered on at least one team, and I'm uneasy about starting him because I don't know what we're going to get this week from Dalvin Cook, which is why he's my sell running back here in Week Ten. Moving right along. We go to a wide receiver that will be on my cell my cell list for the second week in a row, and that's DeAndre Hopkins, projected 13.5 points against the Carolina Panthers this week. Uh, I He was one of the ones that I got right last week, uh, and the reason I got him right was because he didn't play due to his hamstring injury I mentioned earlier in the show. Both Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins missed their last game in which they were still able to beat the San Francisco 49ers. but. We don't know what what sort of condition his hamstring is in. If one week will be enough to help his hamstring heal, 
now he draws a Panthers defense ranked fifth against wide receivers and more than likely drawing coverage from Stephon Gilmore, who's been dominating him since college. It's my little Gamecock to Clemson uh, shot that I don't get to make very often. Uh, <laughs> Stephon Gilmore played for Carolina. DeAndre Hopkins played for Clemson. Uh, in the time that they were both at their respective schools, uh, South Carolina dominated Clemson in that series. Uh, and again, even if he plays this week, uh, 13.5 points is a, is a pretty high projection considering all the other factors. I don't like his chances to hit that projection, which is why Hopkins lands on my sell list for the second week in a row. Uh, going finally to tight end, uh, none other than the Rams tight end Tyler Higby projected 10.3 uh, points. Uh, the Rams, uh, don't they don't have to play until Monday Night Football, but they get the 49ers ranked ninth against tight ends this season in fantasy. Uh, Higby has only hit his current projection, that 10.3 points, twice this season. He has not found the end zone since week five against Seattle. He has not surpassed 60 yards receiving since week one and hasn't caught more than five passes in a game all season. Uh, Going to be a big Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson game, in my opinion. Not so much Tyler Higby, which is why I'm selling on Tyler Higby and his 10.3 point projection this week. So to recap, myself in week 10, Patrick Mahomes, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Hopkins, and Tyler Higby. Uh, coming up next, we're going to do the main event of the show where we feature Frick's picks, and there was a little movement in the standings and some more new pickers. So stick around and stay tuned to hear Frick's picks number nine on the season when we come back to Tap House and Touchdowns. The Sarcasm Remains podcast with Fousey B. Charleston's favorite podcast should be yours too. Go to www.thesarcasmremains.com for more info. All right, everybody, welcome to the main event of the evening. The main event of the football show this week that will feature Bricks Picks number nine on the season. Now, last week was sort of a finicky week for everybody. A couple of uh, one and four records, one winless record last week, and then your guy, Bully Rye, had the best week of all, winning last week with a record of four and one. A uh, quick look at the standings here. Uh, Buck stays atop of the rankings at 22 and 18 on the season after a two and three week last week. Yours truly, your guy Bully Rye, moved up a spot to number two to tie Volley Polly. Both of us are 21 and 19 on the season. A.A. Ron was your 0 and 5 guy from last week. Now sits 16 and 24 on the season. Drick. Uh, listener to the show, uh, Drick is six and nine on the season after a one and four week last week. Uh, Danny Adams uh, moves up a spot in the rankings to three and seven, and we have a new picker, uh, U.S. military man. I'm going to call him Sarge for short. I hope you're okay with that, Sarge. 
uh, came in and in his first week went two and three, which knocks Alex Mims down to the very last place because he has more losses than Sarge. Uh, Alex Mims went one and four last week, brings his record on the season to two and eight. So some, I went I went a little different again this week with three college football games and two NFL games because again. Not many NFL games intrigue me so much. So let's get right into it with college football picks. The first game we decided to pick was number four, Oklahoma, traveling to number 18, Baylor. Uh, We didn't get all the picks in for the show, uh, but right now it's across the board a consensus that Oklahoma will go on the road and take care of business at Baylor. The picks that were in at the time of this recording, Mims, Drick, Buck, Volley Polly, your guy, Bully Rye, and Sarge, and we've all taken Oklahoma to take out Baylor. Next up, a top 15 or top 12 SEC matchup. Number 11, Texas A&M, rise their hot streak into number 12, Ole Miss. Uh, almost a consensus here. Everybody but your guy took Texas A&M. That's Mims, Drick, Buck, Polly, and Sarge have all got Texas A&M while your guy is taking Ole Miss with the slight upset. At home, uh, you know, I don't really have much to say about this other than to say that, like, Ole Miss has shown up in some games and they haven't shown up. Texas A&M has been running hot. They've already, they, I don't know how they've got two losses on the season, and one of them was to Mississippi State, who was able to beat Kentucky. And then, you know, I, I believe they dropped the ball last week as well. But it's 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 been a weird college football season. Texas A&M, who was able to knock off Alabama earlier in the year has two losses. I think they get their third loss this week and take them out of the SEC West race, which is why I'm taking Ole Miss. Uh, Last but not least, a top 21 ACC matchup. Number 21 NC State travels to the one loss. They lost their first game last week. The number 13 Wake Forest Demon Deacons, and it is an even split. Drick, Bully, and Sarge have all got NC State, while Mims, Buck and Volley Polly have taken Wake Forest to get back on track after their loss last week. So those are your college games. Going into pro, uh, we've got Kansas City and Las Vegas. We've already talked about this earlier on the show with my buys and sells. Uh, Everybody took Kansas City except for me. (laughs) Mims, Drick, Buck, Volley Polly, and Sarge all took Kansas City. I mentioned when I talked about selling on Patrick Mahomes that for whatever reason, Kansas City always struggles at least one game with Vegas, which is why I'm taking Vegas in the upset against Kansas City this week at home and new Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Uh, your guy is is going out on a limb, as I did with Ole Miss, Texas A&M pick, and I'm the only one taking Vegas over the Chiefs. Last but certainly not least, an NFC West rivalry matchup. The Los Angeles Rams taking on the San Francisco 49ers. I mentioned the Niners lost to the Cardinals without two of their best players on offense and Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. The LA Rams ain't missing nobody. And that's why the entire board, the entire field, uh, Mims, Drick, Buck, Volley, Polly, Sarge, and your guy have all taken the Rams. So congratulations to San Francisco on your upset win at this coming week. Guys and gals, ladies and gentlemen, that's been your show this week. Started off on a pretty somber note. Uh, I want to confess this message that make sure you tell your loved ones that you care about them every chance that you get. I hope you enjoyed the football talk on the show after I brought the mood down a little bit. Uh, But I'm going to bring something back. 
if you remember when I, I used to say it uh, at the beginning of this season, uh, to everybody love everybody, hashtag ELE. Uh, make sure that everybody love everybody every chance you get. Coming up next week, uh, another pay-per-view review. You heard the ad earlier in the show. So uh, stay tuned for our wrestling show Monday and some more fantasy football talk next Thursday. Uh, once again, it's your guy, Bully Rye, and we'll see you next time right here on Tap House and Touchdowns.